The Super Bowl is here. If you are looking for in-depth analysis of every betting angle for this year's Super Bowl, Sharp Football has you covered. We have a wide variety of articles from our writers along with a complete betting guide written by Warren Sharp. You can join today and receive $20 off our Super Bowl package. All you need to do is Google Sharp Football, click on the website Sharp Football Analysis, and click the blue banner up top to get access. Welcome to the Sharp Angles Betting Podcast. I'm Ryan McChrystal. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan underscore McChrystal and be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and check out all our great Super Bowl content on the Sharp Angles Podcast feed wherever you are listening to us today. It's officially Super Bowl week. It's here. Let's dive into some props. But before we do, just want to give my usual disclaimer whenever we have an isolated game like this. If you've been listening to us all season, same disclaimer that I gave out when I did the Thanksgiving special pod or when I give out Thursday night props. When we've got an isolated game like this, obviously it's a little bit unique. So for me personally, the way I approach this game, the way I approach props in this game is basically I have two different two different types of props that I'm willing to bet. I have the props that I, I have the price that I'm willing to pay on a prop that I really like, a prop that I would seek out in any given week, no matter how many games were at our disposal. And then I have the just for fun number that I'll put out there. And for me in a game like this, where obviously I'm going to be sitting down watching it, I'm going to play some extra just for fun props in addition to the ones that I may feel really strongly about. So we're going to go through a bunch of props in this one. Obviously not all of these are props that I absolutely love. In fact, I think there's only one that I like truly, truly love. There is one that jumps out and I'll be sure to mention that when we get to it, but I obviously want to give you lots of options of stuff that you want to play. And I'm, I'm certainly going to play a bunch of these just to make everything more interesting on Sunday night. So I'm going to give out a whole bunch of props, but just want to throw that disclaimer out there. Most of these are not props that um, I would go out and play on a normal Sunday when we've got a full slate of games, but it's the Super Bowl. So, of course, we want a little bit of extra action. So that's, that's what most of these are, but I will point out the one prop that I do think we we genuinely have an edge with some really num- some really good numbers pointing in our favor when we get to that one. But I'm just going to go through player by player, position by position on some of the props that I like for the Super Bowl. And let's start with the quarterbacks and we'll start with Patrick Mahomes. And this one was tough. I kind of struggled to settle on a Mahomes prop that I really liked. And the one that I did come away deciding I liked for him was uh, betting on the over on his interception prop. I think Mahomes is a good bet to throw an interception in this game. It's partially because Mahomes is a risk taker. And, you know, look, this isn't a knock on him at all. In fact, I mean, to say that I'm going to take the over on his interception prop he could very easily win this game easily for the Chiefs and be the MVP and still throw an interception because that's the type of player that he is. He takes risks. And against good defenses like the Eagles, he's more likely to throw an interception. And, you know, just look back at the two Super Bowls that he's played in so far. He threw two picks in each of those. And, you know, he's had plenty of games throughout the course of his career where it puts up huge numbers but mixes in a pick or two against good defenses. You want Mahomes to be a risk taker because that's what makes him great. But when you're a risk taker and you're going up against an opportunistic defense, chances are pretty good that you're going to turn the ball over at some point. So I do think that there's a good chance he does in this game to throw some numbers behind why the Eagles are a particularly difficult matchup for a risk taker QB like Mahomes. They rank fourth in ball hawk rate at 10 or more yards downfield this season. So 
on 20.3% of opponent passes at 10 or more yards downfield, an Eagles defensive player makes a play on the ball. So one out of every five times they're making a play on the ball. I'm referencing this as opposed to interception rate because these the ball hawk rate is a little bit more of a sticky stat. And it correlates very highly to a high interception rate. With a little bit of good or bad luck over the course of you know a small sample size, which can even be a, a full season, you could have a very high or very low interception rate. But if the whatever the ball hawk rate says, that's a much better predictor of where you're going to, um, of the likelihood of you coming down with interceptions moving forward. So if the Eagles rank fourth in this metric on downfield passes, it's a strong indication that they are the type of team that's going to come up with interceptions if they're given opportunities. And Mahomes, he's a risk taker and he likes to throw the ball downfield a lot. He averages 11.5 throws per game at 10 or more yards downfield. Obviously, just that the Eagles are making a play on the ball at 20% of those throws. So they're almost certainly going to make a play on a couple of passes downfield. And I think it's a decent it's a decent bet that they pick off one of those passes because of just the type of quarterback that Mahomes is. And to dig a little bit deeper into Mahomes' number, his interception rate, you know, it's, it's certainly not concerning, even though he is a risk taker. It's not a it's not a like a concerning rate that he's got. But if we dig a little bit deeper and break down his interception numbers based on the types of defenses he's playing, based on this downfield ball hawk rate metric, it it sort of underscores just the the risk involved in the way that he throws the ball around in, in the deep secondary he's including the playoffs he's played seven games this year against teams ranked in the top 10 by that downfield ball hawk rate metric that i just referenced as i said the eagles ranked fourth by this he's played seven games against other teams ranked in the top 10 in those seven games he's thrown eight interceptions on 252 attempts that's an interception once every 31.5 attempts kind of more or less once once every game essentially and then he's had against everybody else, everyone outside the top 10, four interceptions, 469 attempts. That's an interception once every 117 attempts. So against most of the league, Mahomes can throw the ball all over the place at almost no risk. A very low probability of him throwing an interception against two-thirds of the league, basically. But against those top that top tier of teams, he's basically throwing it over, throwing an interception once. Once a game, as I said, eight interceptions in those seven games, an interception once every 31.5 attempts. And the Eagles are in that top 10. In fact, they're in the top five, ranking number fourth by that metric. So the fact that the Eagles are very good at making plays on the ball, the fact that Mahomes takes risks and throws the ball downfield at a high rate, I like the over on Mahomes interception. And I would say that this is not the this is not the most confident prop that I was talking about, but I would probably rank this one number two. I think there's a lot of good metrics in our favor here in the over on Mahomes interception prop all right let's jump over to the other side of the field the other quarterback Jalen Hurts I've got two props that I kind of like for Hurts in this game first one I'll touch on is the over on his rushing yards this has a lot to do with the Chiefs defense more so than Jalen Hurts because in fact the under has actually been a somewhat consistent winner on Hurts rushing yards this season although I'm not too concerned by that as I'll get to in a moment but first I want to focus on the Chiefs defense because excluding a couple games where there was not a rushing yards over under line for the quarterback, the over on quarterback rushing yards against the Chiefs has been a winner in nine of the last 10 games. And that does include some relatively high numbers like we have for Jalen Hurts in this game. It includes a 39 and a half from Malik Willis. He just barely went over. 
Same thing for Bryce Perkins. His number was 43 and a half. He's, he is one of the quarterbacks who went over in that stretch. So we've got a little bit of a trend here with the Chiefs giving up yardage. Now, if, you, if you've read any of my college football articles this year on uh, sharpfootballanalysis.com, you know that a stat that I, a type of stat that I like to reference a lot is opponent adjusted data. I don't reference it a lot for the NFL. The main reason being is that we really we don't need to, um, the, the gap between competition between the top and bottom is just not nearly as big in the NFL as it is in college, where you kind of have to normalize for that when you're analyzing college data. But when looking at quarterback rushing statistics, especially from the defensive perspective, you do kind of have to account for that because if you've played team, you know, a team that has played, you know, Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields, maybe like that's going to skew your yardage numbers, right? Like there are certain quarterbacks that you just happen to have a schedule loaded with that. You're going to give up more rushing yards. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're bad at defending the quarterback. So this is one area in the NFL where I do like to use opponent adjusted statistics. So opponent adjusted rushing yards allowed. Basically what I'm looking at is how many yards per attempt per rush attempt does the QB average against everybody else? And then how many yards per attempt did they average against this particular defense? And then that number is weighted based on a number of attempts per game. So if, if you're playing somebody who only ran the ball once and you gave up a 10 yard run, you know, that's not skewing your data significantly or weighting it based on how often they ran the ball. And based on this metric, the Chiefs allowed 16% more rushing yards than expected. That ranked 23rd. So they're down in that bottom tier in terms of giving up rushing yards to quarterbacks. And so the fact that they gave up the, the over has been a winner pretty consistently as of late. I don't think that's a fluke based on who they've played because when we try to like level the playing field a little bit based on who they're going up against, it does show that consistently they are ranking among the worst um, defenses in stopping the run for quarterbacks. Now, I mentioned that the under has been a consistent winner for him this year. In fact, including the postseason, the under has been a winner in nine of 17 games, so just a, a little over 50%. It's, I guess it's basically been a 50-50 split over. Overs and unders winning. But if we remove the games that he played against teams ranked in the top 10 of opponent-adjusted rushing yards allowed, if we remove those games against the teams that defend quarterback rushing well there's 10 games left over and the over actually went six and four in those games not a huge trend but it does flip it from the under being the predominant winner to the over now winning six of ten when we remove those really good defenses so the fact that he's obviously a very talented runner the fact that he's going up against one of these weaker defenses, I think this is a pretty good opportunity to bet the over on Jalen Hurts rushing yards, although I will say this is not one of my favorite bets of the week. But if you're looking for some action for Jalen Hurts, I, I do think my favorite prop for him would be the rushing yards over. All right, I mentioned I had two Jalen Hurts props. So the other one that I like is the over on his passing touchdowns at one and a half. Now, neither Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence threw multiple touchdowns against the Chiefs. So the under would have been a winner for each of those uh, playoff games so far against the Chiefs. But in the regular season, there were 11 quarterbacks who threw for two or more touchdowns against Kansas City. And although that may not sound like a huge number, I think it's pretty significant, especially when you when you look at the quarterbacks who did not throw multiple touchdowns. I'm just going to run through the list. The six quarterbacks in the regular season who did not throw multiple touchdowns against the Chiefs. And I'll just run through them in order of the games played. Bryce Perkins, Malik Willis, Jeff Driscoll, 
Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, Jarrett Stidham. Not exactly a murderer's row of quarterbacks right there. Obviously, Geno Smith, he had a pretty good year. Somewhat surprising to see him on there. Russell Wilson, clearly the most talented over, you know, as far as career goes, most talented quarterback on that list. But Wilson only had three games all year in which he threw multiple touchdowns. So not the least bit surprising to see him on that list with some other pretty brutal quarterbacks, if we're being honest. So basically every competent quarterback, every quarterback who was consistently throwing touchdowns with the exception of Geno Smith, I guess, who did have a good year, every good quarterback the Chiefs faced in the regular season, they were throwing touchdowns against them. And when we narrow it down even further, when we look at games that had a relatively high total because of the total, the total for the Super Bowl, it's actually been going up. It's now set to 50 and a half points. When the total for a Chiefs game is at least 47 points, the Chiefs have allowed two or more passing touchdown in 11 of those 13 games. So this stat is really just all about the Chiefs de- defense. And I mean, it's about the Chiefs defense, but also just the Chiefs in general. If you're playing the Chiefs, you've got to throw the ball. You've got to be aggressive. And your odds of throwing multiple touchdowns just increase because you know that you've got to put points on the board. So you're more likely to uh, just, you're more likely to be aggressive when you get those opportunities. So I, I think this is a, you know, even though I don't have a lot of Hertz specific data to back this up because, you know, he does not have a strong trend of throwing multiple touchdowns. Um, and he has, in fact, has done so more often against weaker teams. But because this is the Chiefs, they're they're a unique opponent. And I think the fact that they consistently give up two or more passing touchdowns is really in, indicative of that. They're a team that you have to be aggressive against. And so I think the Eagles are going to have to have that mindset. And the odds of Hurts throwing multiple touchdowns in this game are pretty good. All right, I mentioned that I had two Jalen Hurts props, but I actually forgot that I had a third one written down. What, those are the two over-unders, but I also had a long shot prop here that I think is worth considering. I am going to mix in a few long shot props. Normally, we don't bring these up on the pod, but the Super Bowl's a unique beast, so I'm going to mix in a few of these as well. So one of the long shot props I like, it's not too much of a long shot, but it's Jalen Hurts to throw for 300 or more passing yards. That's out there at plus 300. At plus 300, that's an an implied probability of 25%. Now, Hertz hit 300 or more yards in four of 17 games. That's 24%. So on the surface level, plus 300 makes a lot of sense. That's the rate that he hit it during the season. But this is a different game. As I just talked about, they're playing the Chiefs. Everything's a little bit different against when you're playing against Patrick Mahomes and you know you need to put up points. The total, as I said, is set to 50. That's the highest of the Eagles season. If we just look at when the Eagles have played games with a larger total, they played six games this year where the total was set to 45 or more points. In half of those games, Hertz has cleared 300 yards. So to say that he has a 25% probability of throwing for 300 yards, it's just probably not accurate against a team like the Chiefs. They are going to have to be more aggressive. And the Eagles have already shown that in these games with an with higher scoring expected they have been a little bit more aggressive and Hertz has cleared 300 yards at a more consistent rate now on the flip side let's look at the Chiefs defense they have allowed four 300 yard games this season same as Hertz so again that 25 percent probability again on a surface level looks it kind of makes sense but the Chiefs have played five games this year where the total is 45 points or higher and the spread is within three points. So in other words, these shootout potential type games 
which this certainly is. In those five games, the Chiefs have allowed 300 or more yards three times. So they've allowed four 300-yard games in total. Three of them happened with the spread or with the total 45 or more points and the spread within three points, which is exactly the scenario that we have here. So in these shootout potential games, the Chiefs give up 300-yard passing games at a pretty decent rate. Hurts in these types of games with a higher total, he clears 300 yards half the time. So, you know, again, I, I think it's certainly fair to have a plus number, but I don't think it should be plus 300 to say that there's only a 25% probability of this happening. I, I just don't think that's accurate. So I think that there's certainly some value here if you wanted to take a shot at Hurts to throw for 300 or more passing yards in this game. All right, let's move on now to some running back props. And the first one I'm going to touch on, I'm not as confident as when I originally wrote this up. I've included this in an article on the website this week. But I'm sort of still on the over for Miles Sanders rushing yards. When I originally looked this up, it was available at 55 and a half. I liked it there. It's now up the lowest number that's out there is now 59 and a half. It's up to 62 and a half at some places. So this is definitely trending towards the over i don't like it as much now that it keeps climbing up a full you know, almost a full five yards from where i originally saw it but I'll, I'll run through the logic behind it just just in case you're still interested the reason why i was initially on it was this was it was a, it opened to his third lowest yardage prop of the year the only times it was lower was last week against san francisco absolutely makes sense against a good defense like that and then week one against detroit it was down at 47 and a half very quickly jumped up um, from where it started at the beginning of the year he's gone under in three of his last four games but it's a surprising to see this line open so low against the chiefs because the chiefs just don't really deserve that kind of respect and you know i'll cite a stat that i do a lot in here contact behind the line of scrimmage the Chiefs contact the running back at or behind the line of scrimmage on 37% of carries, including the playoffs. It's a third lowest rate in the league. And that matters a lot for a guy like Sanders who's not super, you know, he's he's just sort of, I, I was going to say he's just a guy. He's a little bit better than that, but he doesn't really have an area. He's not the most explosive back in the league. He's not the most powerful back in the league. He's kind of a guy who's above average at everything and not great at anything. So for him to be able to get clear running lanes and to not have that contact line of scrimmage, it matters a lot for that type of running back. And it shows up in his stats when he's contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage, having just 2.4 yards per carry when he's not contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage, 6.7 yards per carry. So it makes a really big difference for Sanders. If he's able to avoid that backfield contact, which against the chiefs defense, he probably will be. So as I said, I don't, I don't love it now that it's up to 59 and a half. If it climbs any higher than that, I would probably recommend staying away. I'm, I'm still leaning over at 59 and a half, but the, the higher it goes, the less exciting it was. Cause one, I mean, one of the really big enticing factors here was that for no good reason, they seemed the line opened up showing some respect for the chiefs, which the chiefs don't deserve. And I also think just, you know, not necessarily a statistical factor, but something that we should keep in mind is that, you know, against against a team like the Chiefs, if you're having success in the run game, it makes sense to lean on it a little bit more. So if they're moving the ball on the ground and they're able to control the clock a little bit, 
it certainly makes sense to do that. So, you know, I wouldn't bet on that alone, but when there's some data to, to suggest that they will have success, I think that's another thing that you can kind of keep in the back of your mind that if they do establish the run early and they're able to keep moving the chains with the run game, there's the possibility of a pretty good early game workload for Sanders as they just try to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. So that's that's another small factor. But as I said, this is of all the props we're going through today because of the fact that this line has jumped up so much from where I initially wrote this up, probably my least favorite of the props that we're going to talk about. Right, on the Chiefs side for Isaiah Pacheco, I'm on the over on his rushing yards as well, but this number is much more favorable at 48 and a half yards. I think, again, this is also showing a little too much respect to an Eagles run defense that has not been as shaky as the Chiefs, but it's been average to below average at times. I think this is certainly an area where the Chiefs should have success, especially with how they've played since Pacheco has taken over the lion's share of the workload since week 10. I'm going to run through some numbers since week 10, and that's that's not Pacheco's first start. But it's the first week that he played over 30% of the Chiefs' snaps. So that's why I'm going to isolate um, his sample size to since week 10. And in that span, including the postseason, he's picked up three or more yards before contact, on 32% of his carries. That's the fifth highest rate. League average is 25%, so pretty well above league average in having these chunks of free, untouched yardage past the line of scrimmage. That's really encouraging when you're getting such a low yardage prop because, you know, as we've talked about throughout the season, we're, you know, we're not betting any longest rush props but today, but and, you know, anytime I have throughout the season, I always cite that three-plus yards before contact because as the stack has, as I've said all season, 80% of runs of 15 or more yards happen with three or more yards before contact. So the odds of Pacheco breaking off a long run, although I don't necessarily like the um, like betting the over on his longest rush prop just because his volume might not be huge, the the odds are certainly higher for a running back like him who's getting this untouched yardage at the line of scrimmage for him to break off a long run. And with a relatively low yardage prop, that could really, really swing our odds in our favor if he just breaks off one long run. The other thing that makes this enticing, not only does he get big holes to run through at a high rate, but he also doesn't get hit behind the line of scrimmage. And those these two things don't necessarily go hand in hand. It sounds like they would, but they don't necessarily do. In this span since week 10 that we're working with, Pacheco has been contacted behind the line of scrimmage on just 15% of his carries. That is the lowest rate in the league in that span. The league average is 25%. So as I said, the league average for picking up three or more yards before contact is 25%. The league average for getting contacted behind the line of scrimmage is 25%. So for most of the league, it's basically a 50-50 split of whether you're getting easy untouched yardage or contacted in the backfield. 50-50 split on whether one of those two outcomes is going to happen. For Pacheco, it's a 32% versus 15%. He's getting untouched free untouched yardage well past line of scrimmage more than twice as often and he's getting contact in the backfield that bodes extremely well for him hitting the over in his rushing yards prop at such a low number at 48 and a half yards because he's probably not going to have negative yardage built into that it's he's probably consistently picking up positive yardage and the odds of him breaking off one long run even if it's just you know a 10 yard run when the number is only 48 and a half, that's huge. And that's definitely doable at the rate that the Chiefs have been able to get him untouched yardage. Now, what about the Eagles defense? They Their run defense has looked decent at times, but the overall numbers are just, they're not, 
they're not deserving of the type of respect this number seems to be giving them. In terms of allowing three or more yards before contact to running backs, the Eagles rank 24th. In terms of their backfield contact rate, they rank 18th. So not terrible by either metric, but both of them below average. And so going up against a guy like Pacheco, who since he started seeing a significant workload, leads the league in avoiding contact behind the line of scrimmage and ranks fifth in picking up three or more yards before contact against an Eagles like the defense, I think he's going to continue to have success. So, you know, Pacheco, he does not see a huge workload. That's part of the reason why the number is so low. But if he is consistently picking up positive yardage every time he does touch the ball, it shouldn't be too hard for him to hit the over on this. This seems like a really modest number. So this is this is among my uh, favorite Super Bowl props, the over on Pacheco's rushing yards at 48 and a half. Okay, I've got two props for the pass catchers in this game. There weren't there weren't a whole lot of these that I loved, but I do like the oh, I do like Travis Kelsey's anytime touchdown prop. It's available at minus one twenty five. I think there's pretty good value there, based on how he's used near the line of scrimmage, near the end zone. I should say, he's had twenty two targets inside the ten yard line this year in nineteen games, so a little over one per game. They're basically giving him scoring opportunities almost every game now obviously he doesn't catch every single one of those for touchdowns but if you're getting scoring opportunities in a game that's expected to be relatively high scoring the odds of him scoring a touchdown are pretty good now the eagles they rank 11th in red zone touchdown rate allowed this season pretty good 52 percent of the time the opponents reach the red zone they're scoring a touchdown but if we break it down a little bit further they don't look quite as good as that number makes out because the chiefs are not your average offense obviously The Eagles have played seven games against teams ranked in the top 10 of red zone touchdown rate, and I'm excluding week 18 game against the Giants from that. Obviously, the Giants played a lot of, um, the the Giants played a lot of their, they rested a lot of starters in week 18. They normally would have been among those teams, but I'm only going to include the first game against the Giants and throw out the game where the Giants rested guys. So we're looking at seven games Eagles played against teams ranked in the top 10 of red zone touchdown rate. In those games, the Eagles' red zone touchdown rate allowed was 61%. Against everybody else, 49%. So they were really good against the mediocre to bad teams, but they gave up touchdowns at a pretty high rate against the teams that are capable of scoring touchdowns at a high rate. Essentially, the good teams, the Eagles, did not really put up a significant fight against those types of teams. And obviously the Mahomes and the Chiefs are that type of team. So I don't think we should be worried about the Eagles red zone defense coming up with big, consistently coming up with big stops. Certainly possible they could come up with a stop in this game, but if the Chiefs are consistently getting to the red zone, I think they're going to be able to score fairly easily against this defense. Now, I would say you also might want to consider Kelsey to score two plus touchdowns. That's at plus 450. I don't love that. Personally, I'm not going to bet that, but I did want to throw that out there as another long shot prop that you could consider. Also, if you're considering that, I would say maybe you'd be better off betting Kelsey MVP because that's at plus 1,100. If he scores, in order for him to win MVP, I kind of think he's got to score two plus touchdowns, right? And the odds between those two things are very different. Now, he could score two plus touchdowns and Mahomes wins MVP. Obviously, that's possible. Or he could score two and they lose. So you know, that's a factor in why those numbers are so different. But that's a really big spread when you think that there's a pretty high correlation between the two things. So if if he scores two plus touchdowns, it probably means the Chiefs are moving the ball. And 
I would say if he scores two plus touchdowns, their odds of them winning the game have gone up. So the odds of him winning MVP, if he does score two plus touchdowns, it's decent. You know, it certainly could be Mahomes, but the reason why I would say it's a little bit less likely for Mahomes if Kelsey does have a huge games is because of the storyline this week. And that's, I mean, you know, there's no science behind the MVP vote. It, these are just writers watching the game and, you know, whatever the, the big storyline emerges, that's who they're voting for. And you know, the announcers and everybody, if Kelsey's having a big game, that's all they're going to be talking about throughout the game is going to be Kelsey, 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 Kelsey versus Kelsey. We are, we've heard it for the past week and a half already. If the game plays out that Travis Kelsey is dominating the game, even if Mahomes is putting up big numbers, I don't think Kelsey's going to get some MVP votes. So if you're inclined to bet the Kelsey two touchdowns prop, at least throw something on the Kelsey MVP because the, the odds of those two numbers are different. And, and I would say you may even just be better off putting your money into the Kelsey MVP prop because the those numbers are so different. So as I said, I'm not I'm not placing either of those bets, but if, if you were leaning that direction, I would steer you towards the MVP because of the storyline factor is something you got to you got to factor that in. And it doesn't seem like the number is really accounting for it all that well. All right. I've saved my favorite prop for last. As I said, I had one prop for the Super Bowl that I really liked a lot. And I thought we had a lot of really strong data on our side. And this is a prop that I would place in a normal week if these two teams were playing just in the regular season. This is the one prop that I would still have a lot of confidence in and would go out of my way to bet. And it's the over on Devontae Smith's receiving yards at 62 and a half. The main reason why I like this, it comes down to the Chiefs' usage of two high safety coverages. They lead the league at 54.8% of two high safety usage. Now, if you're familiar with how teams you know, divvy up their coverage usage and whatnot, obviously it differs defense by defense, but in general, teams are more likely to use two high usage two high safety coverages when they're playing with a lead. And obviously that's the Chiefs. So I wanted to dig a little bit deeper to try to see if if this number was overinflated just based on the fact that the Chiefs have played with big leads in the second half a lot. So I figured let's just look at the first quarter of games. What's their usage in the first quarter? That should give us a pretty good idea of what their base defense is. And it's 55.1% in the first quarter, actually slightly higher than their overall average. So what that tells me, if they're playing at that higher rate in the first quarter, much higher than any other team in the league in the first quarter, this is a feature of the defense. It is not something that they're straying away from against anybody. It is consistently up there. In fact, it's 40% or higher in all but one game this year. Only their game against the Texans did they drop below 40%. So we should feel very confident that they're going to be in too high coverage at least 40% of the time, probably over 50% because they do, as I said, their average over the course of the whole season, 54.8%. Now, how do we use that to our advantage? We got to look at how the Eagles adjust to two high coverages, two high coverage that increases opportunities across the middle of the field. Single high coverage creates more opportunities on the outside of the field. So teams attack these types of coverages differently. So how do the Eagles do it? Now, when, when I go through these numbers, I'm only going to look at the games when they had a healthy Dallas Goddard, because obviously that, you know, he's a big part of the passing game. So those numbers are going to be a little bit different when he was not out there. So only the games where they had Dallas Goddard healthy are these numbers referring to. There's not a ton of difference overall. In fact, mo almost everybody in the Eagles offense saw the same target share. 
with you know just one or two percentage points different, give or take, except for Devontae Smith. His target share against single high coverage, 24.9%. Target share against two high coverage, 28.6%. It doesn't sound like a huge number, but since we're dealing with relatively low numbers in the 20s, that's actually a 15% increase in usage. You know, it's, it's only, what is it, four percentage points about, but it's a 15% usage increase. That's fairly significant especially when we're dealing with you know receiving yards that are in a relatively modest range in the 60s. So this has the potential to really have a big impact on him. And when we break this down and look specifically at games where defense has used a very high rate of too high coverage, that's where the impact really stands out. The Eagles, in this sample of games with a healthy Goddard, the Eagles played three games in which the opponents used too high coverage at a rate of 40% or higher. And as I said, the Chiefs have hit that 40% rate or higher in all but one game this year. So the odds are very good that this will be another game where the Eagles face that type of rate. In those three games, here are Smith's numbers. Week two against the Vikings, seven receptions on seven targets, 80 yards. Week 16 against Dallas, eight receptions, 12 targets, 113 yards. Week 17 against the Saints, eight receptions on a season-high 13 targets, for 115 yards. Now there was also a game without Goddard week 13 against the Titans where they faced a high a rate of too high coverage at a rate 40% or higher. In that game, he also had five receptions on eight targets for 102 yards. So three of his five hundred yard games this season occurred in those four games in which the Eagles faced too high coverage at a rate of 40% or higher. And we think with a very high degree of probability that Chiefs are going to use too high coverages at a rate of 40% or higher. So with this number all the way down at 62 and a half, that is way off the numbers that he's put up against when they're seeing too high coverage at this rate. The lowest number that he's put up in these games was 80 yards against the Vikings. The lowest reception number that he had was five his others were seven eight and eight so he's consistently seeing high usage in these games putting up big numbers in these games so i like this prop a lot at only 62 and a half even if it jumps up a little bit i really like it because these numbers are really dramatically in our favor because of the fact that he's had such overwhelming numbers when facing high rates of too high coverage and we have such an extreme degree of of probability of the Chiefs using this coverage at a really high rate. Now, related to this prop, obviously, I, I really love the over on his receiving yards, but there's a couple other props related to this that I think we should at least consider. For Smith to get 100 plus yards is plus 300. Based on the fact that he's cleared 100 in three of four games when defenses use this coverage at a high rate, we've, we've got to consider it. But as plus 300, that's essentially a 25% probability. He's done it in three or four games. There's probably some value there. I think it's worth throwing a little something on that. The other one that we've got to think about is the MVP odds, and his are at plus 2,200. This is the only MVP bet that I'm going to place this week because obviously, you know, overwhelmingly the odds are that it's going to be either Hertz or Mahomes winning the MVP. That's a given. But because the odds are so overwhelming in their favor, there's just not a lot of value in betting either one of those. So the only bet that I'm going to place is Smith because I do think that there's a possibility if the coverage plays out the way we expect, if the Eagles react the way we expect to the Chiefs coverage, 
that Smith puts up a line like he did at some at various points this year. If he has maybe seven receptions on 10 targets for 110 yards and two touchdowns, that's if the Eagles win, that's probably an MVP performance because that probably means because the Eagles don't throw the ball a ton, it probably means that a very high degree of their yardage has been funneled through Devontae Smith in this game. And so it means that his numbers are probably going to overshadow Hertz, who would probably have, you know, his usual good but modest passing numbers. And unless Smith, unless Hertz just absolutely went off in the run game, I think Smith would probably stand out as the overwhelming storyline of the game, putting up big numbers. And I do think it increases his odds ever so slightly that Smith was such a big name in college. So many people were, were already familiar with him, even though he hasn't put up huge numbers in the NFL, everybody knows Devonte Smith. He won the Heisman trophy. So if Smith is having a huge game, that is then also going to become a storyline Heisman trophy winner in his, what is this second, third year in the league or what second or third year putting up huge numbers in the Super Bowl. You know, the Eagles crushing it in the draft with these draft picks over the last couple of seasons. Like that's going to become a storyline building throughout the game if Smith has a good game here. So if he puts up some of these numbers like he's shown he's capable of against this type of coverage, I think the momentum could definitely build towards him winning MVP over Hertz if he puts up those kinds of numbers. So, you know, it it's a long shot. Obviously, if the Eagles win, Hertz is probably the MVP, but Based on these numbers that we just laid out, it's certainly it's it's certainly within the realm of possibility. I would say the odds are much better than that plus twenty two hundred number. So I'm gonna I'm certainly gonna throw a little bit of something on Devonte Smith's MVP odds in this game. So I love the over on his receiving yards. Probably worth throwing a little something on him to get a hundred yard, hundred or more yards at plus three hundred and MVP odds at plus twenty two hundred. That's it for today's show. Thanks for joining me this season. Hope I was able to pass along some good information to you along the way. As for the offseason, not entirely sure what our plans are yet, but be sure to check out sharpfootballanalysis.com or check me out on Twitter at Ryan underscore McChrystal. As soon as the Super Bowl is over, it's NFL draft season for me. I'll have a lot of uh, content starting up over the next couple of weeks. Probably around the combine is when we'll really start to post some NFL draft stuff on the website. And I'm sure I'll be back with some off-season podcasts for you as well at some point. So that's a wrap on the 2022 season. Enjoy the Super Bowl.